Hello and welcome to In the Weeds. We're recording live from the Picky Weeds Esoteric Occult Boutique, located just south of Clark Summit, Pennsylvania, in beautiful South Abington Township. Picky Weeds is the largest and most diverse boutique of its kind in Northeast Pennsylvania, with an increasingly wide variety of items for many traditions. In addition to items for sale, Picky Weeds hosts a wide variety of classes, events, and community-driven gatherings throughout the year. Picky Weeds is located at 105 Layton Road, South Abington Township, PA. Open Wednesday through Sunday, 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. More information can be found at www.pickyweeds.com. That's P-I-C-K-E-Y-W-E-E-D-Z.com or on our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. In the Weeds is the official podcast for Picky Weeds, where we strive to bring the community together with topics of interest, guest speakers, and informative discussions to benefit the entire community. If you'd like to be a guest speaker, either live or remote call-in, please visit www.pickyweeds.com. Scroll down to the bottom of the page, find In the Weeds podcast guest application, click it, Copy and paste the text into an email with your contact information and send it to us at pickyweeds at gmail.com. Now, now let's get, get in, in the, weeds. the weeds. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Season 2, Episode 4. Today we are here with Morgan Daimler. We are excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hi, Morgan. How are you this morning? Hi, I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Well, thank you for entertaining us at this weird early hour of the morning but oh dark 30 <laughs> for you for you guys who don't know morgan is a very prolific author um a very academic author which thrills us to death um she has written several books um just a few a she raven goddess going deeper with the morgan for those of you who are my morgan fans here um lou the mini skill god she even writes on norse um gods and goddesses freya meeting the norse goddess of magic and you've written a few about the dogda and other things it's amazing the books are great they're put out by your publisher who is pagan portals correct uh, moon books moon, yes okay. Pagan portals is a series that they do that's fantastic that's fantastic so i guess what we want to do when we start off here is tell us a little bit about yourself morgan a little bit of personal background get personal <laughs> <laughs> no pressure <laughs> yeah no, no pressure at all um, so yeah i live in the northeast uh, usa um i was born in maine originally so i uh, grew up there it's this interesting place to grow up <laughs> uh, my dad was a maybe though so we did move around a bit and um, i grew up in the irish american diaspora which is Sort of a community that's formed around people who are first and second generation um, immigrants from Ireland. And um, I think that's really what started my interest with Irish mythology and uh, fairies, uh, more particularly, you know, sort of growing up with a degree of that belief around. And um, I also, when I was very young, I, I had experiences of my own, you know, and that offered me some sort of structure to kind of understand things. Yeah. 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 And then as I got a little bit older, um, I got into witchcraft when I was 11. 
don't know if that actually counts as a little bit older, but um, <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> Tay was about that age, yeah, I think, too. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I was, that was right around when Scott Cunningham's book, uh, Wicca for the Solitary Practitioner, came out. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm really dating myself right now when I'm saying this. Oh, but, no. Not oh, at girl, all. please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a baby from 66. You're, you're fine. <laughs> you're awesome, awesome. Good for you. Yeah, you got, to, you got to experience all the real, you know, when when Rick was first really coming to the U.S. Oh, yeah. That stuff. That's awesome. The very romantic period of it, yeah. <laughs> that is such a nice way to put it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one way. Yeah. <laughs> so you... I, I can, Oh, I was just—I came in in that kind of second wave in the '90s, late '80s and '90s. So. The, the resurgence around, like what? God, I don't even know if it was—it was Charmed or the Craft or any of those during that period. Maybe the you, Craft was in the '90s. When was it in the '90s? Yeah, yeah. 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 Practical Magic, the Craft. Oh yeah. Charmed, oh yeah. All that like good classic stuff. That's funny. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, we're watching TV the other night, and there was a commercial on. They're actually starting to market to us. About it, it was country crock. It was a dang margarine commercial, and they're marketing. Well, no, that's that's Brian's mom. She's the witch. Yeah. <laughs> make your make your meal something. I don't know supernatural. I don't know. But we were just looking at it. We're, we looked at each other with our mouths hung up and went, "Okay." Hey, maybe we have a maybe we have a market share now. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really funny. I have to keep my eye out for that. I love it. <laughs> And so you did what we tell people always, and you kind of did it naturally, lean towards your ancestors. If you want kind of a more powerful um, a powerful experience spiritually, lean into your ancestry. You actually did that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think anyone can connect with, with anything that's speaking to them, for sure. But, you know, for me, it was sort of the structure that I grew up with. And... Um, it definitely gave me a context for the thing that I was experiencing and just helped me really understand, you know, some of what was going on. And oh, yeah. I was, I was really lucky because my family weren't raised in any particular religion. Excellent. And so, yeah, my family, when I would talk about seeing fairies and wanting to leave them things on the windowsill and all this other stuff that I used to do when I was really little, um, they didn't discourage me. They weren't like, no, that's that's silly, that's nonsense, you know. Uh, I, I don't know that they, yeah, I don't know that they believed it the way I did, but they definitely encouraged it, which I, I really appreciate looking back. That's excellent. That's excellent. Yeah, that's kind of the way we raised ours. It's like, a, you know, if it's something that you're into, we kind of want to nurture that. We also want you to see everything. So we made sure that we introduced her to all different fates and stuff like that so that we weren't coloring her experience, making her our mini-me. You know, that was that was the huge thing is that we wanted we we recognize the individual. And I think that's amazing when parents do that. So I've definitely tried to do that with my own kids. You know, I mean, they obviously they know what I do and they see what I do. But I've never, you know, told them, like, this is your only option. So, you have to do what I do. That's fantastic. So you've covered a lot of the questions. <laughs> we have this whole Your list. I'm like, okay, statement. well, those are those five. She's like, boom, just right <laughs> out the gate. Sorry, <laughs> you're used to doing this, aren't you? <laughs> no, and it's it, <laughs> well. It's I wanted to know, and I've told people you're more academic 
I want them to understand what that is and why it's so important. So when you when you are writing about you know Irish deities, things of that mm-hmm. nature, where are you drawing your source work from, your inspiration from? Sure. So I always try to write about something that I feel like I have some sort of understanding of and connection to. So, like, I wouldn't just write about something totally random uh, that I didn't have, like, so strong interest in myself. But my approach when I write is to sort of combine that, the personal side of things, with a lot of research. Um, And I I try to go to primary sources. Um, I speak, or I shouldn't say I speak, I I translate (laughs) Old and Middle Irish. Oh, that's excellent. Um. It, it makes life more interesting, for sure. <laughs> yes. Um, so I, I usually start by going to the, the mythology that we have in writing, um, you know, which dates back a thousand years, twelve hundred years, and sort of start with that to get a feel for, you know, who, who was this deity as, as far back as we have records of them. Right. You know, and yeah. then I sort of work forward from there. Because there's a lot, of, a lot of conflicting information out there of deities yeah. that get associated with other deities that really, you know, didn't have anything to do with one another. I, I guess I want to ask, which one's your favorite pet peeve in that, in that venue? <laughs> which one do you find yourself correcting the most? Well, that, that's a good question. Um, I mean, if we're talking about fairies, that would be a lot of things. Um, but, oh, yeah. Same. Yeah, yeah, with, um, oh, I feel bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, with the, the Irish mythology and sort of the Irish end of things, I think the biggest thing that I end up um, trying to help people understand is that there really wasn't ever a Celtic pantheon. Right. You know, like a lot of books lump the different Celtic language cultures together and there's six of them today and historically there were more and it kind of gets presented like this is all one cohesive thing when it's actually sort of multiple different related cultures exactly so you know irish deities like the morrigan or Vaga or lou were sort of their own thing right um, you know and i'll see a lot of people talking about like kernanos who is scottish not found in ireland um, but thinking that he must be Irish because they just assume that all these deities belonged everywhere. Right. You know, so that's definitely the thing I think I end up talking about the most with people just to sort of clarify. And it's really confusing too for a newcomer because there's so many of these, I don't know, shit books. Yeah. And they just <laughs> slapped it together and let's just grab a bunch of deities from this one continent and, and they so- all go together like, Hand that's, in hand. That's like the first yeah. thing you read, and, and it gets ingrained, and it's really hard to unlearn bad yes. habits. Like yeah, the, it really is, yeah. Like the Celtic tree oracle, I think that's oh still a God. thorn in my side. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we also have you know the, the whole um, the Celtic tree calendar, all of that. Oh, yeah. Battle of the Trees bullshit. And you're in such (laughs) trouble as a new person because it's so pretty and so appealing and seems so natural, you know, and it's like, oh, God. And they make the decks look pretty and the books look good. And I'm like, don't just because it's got a shiny cover with their depiction of what they think a fae looks like. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) They're so cute. (laughs) 
Yeah. Oh. It is. It really is. And then there's, you know, you you tell people, you know, where to find the truth, and you say something like, you know, if they're looking for their their Welsh or their, you, you say the Mabinogi, and they look at you like you've got nine heads. I'm like, those are literally the tails. <laughs> what yeah. do you mean? You know, and, yeah, and that's the place to start. Oh, exactly. And and that's it's so much easier, I guess, when the covers are pretty and the colors are flashy and. They seem really accessible, but it's really doing the whole culture a disservice. Yeah. And, you know, I, I said at the start, you know, sort of, I'm, I'm a, a child of 90s witchcraft in a lot of ways. <laughs> and unfortunately, that was such a terrible era yes. for information in pagan books. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's a lot of stuff that people were just making up or, you know, being creative with. Which is fine if you label it that way, yeah. you know. Uh, like I don't have an issue if a book is like, listen, this is all my own thoughts and opinions. Exactly. Um, but it all kind of got presented like this is factual. Yes. And then that causes a whole mess and misinformation, and then it, it just perpetuates itself because that's what people are looking at when they move forward. Right. You know. And that that stems right into look, you're you're appropriating a culture, yeah, and you're doing yeah, so to make a buck, yeah. And yeah, it, yeah, a lot of. I'm oh, sorry. No, it's fine. I was just going to say I was just bitching. I was just going to say it kills me. <laughs> <laughs> What's um, that? I, I was just going to say um, a lot of what I have in my book, Raven Goddess, um, is talking about sort of the truth versus misinformation about the Morrigan that's out there just to sort of help people understand like what is actually found in Irish mythology, what, what is in her folklore versus sort of the, the stuff you're going to find online. Right. Can you give us some examples of things that are like uh, misconceptions that a lot of people think about and what the actual uh, lore is? Like oh, what's sure. the biggest thing uh, they screw up? <laughs> I mean, with the Morgan, probably the biggest thing, which I've been seeing a lot of the last few years, is this idea that she's like a sex goddess. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a strange idea if you know her stories and her mythology, but I see a lot of people perpetuating it, and I've seen people talk about, like, oh, she would you know, reach out to warriors and kind of offer her love. And if they accepted her, she would make wow. them warriors. And if they rejected <laughs> her. Yeah, it's, it's become like this whole modern, almost like an urban legend sort of thing. You think that um, mistranslation is from the toyne? You know, I, I think some of it is people really misunderstanding the, the Bruins' daughter incident. Yeah. From yeah. The, the um. Because that's what they tend to point to. Uh, but when you look at, you know, her whole mythology and everything, she's, she's married to the Dagda. We know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's exactly two stories in all the mythology where she, there's anything remotely sexual that happens. And one is in the Kahmoy Torah um, with her husband, you know. Mm-hmm. And then um, in the Bruin's Daughter incident in the Ulster Cycle, where she she comes to Helen in disguise, yeah, and you know as this beautiful princess, and is like, hey, you know, if you'll abandon what you're doing here, if you'll stop defending Ulster, 
then I will marry you because I'm in love with you, whatever. So a lot of people just take that little part of it and then run with it. But the whole rest of that incident, it's pretty clear she's just trying to mess with them. Yeah. She's just being you a know. typical trickster. It's tricks. It's sorcery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's trying to help Queen Maeve and get him out of the way. Yes. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, and it's it's pretty clear in a lot of the other stories with her and Helen that they did not have like a really friendly relationship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, not at all. Like when yeah. the chariot incident on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Trimble Regama is my favorite myth of all of them. Um, and if people are familiar with it, go read it because it's hilarious. There's so much value in those myths, yes. too. And people yeah. miss so much just by reading um, a shiny book when the, the tales themselves are just amazing. They're amazing stories that have lasted the test of time. You yes, know? they have. Yeah. And so yeah. much of it is allegory. And I think they try to take it too intimately uh, personal. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely too literally. Yeah. They really do. I mean, and you see that a lot in modern day religion too. They, they've taken allegories and twisted it, and they use it for their political machinations. But that's, I think, that's just people being people. But I don't know how to get around that and make them see the underlying messages of it. But I think you're doing pretty good work with that with your books. I'm trying to, um, and I'm trying to because I, I also do some translation work. Um, that's all self published, but. I'm trying to get new translations out because a lot of what we have that's kind of widely available is from 100, 120 years ago. And then you're getting sort of the biases of those translators. Right. You know? um, like I, I like to tell people I learned Old and Mill Irish purely out of spite. <laughs> I like that. That's a good way to put it. It's, you know, there's, there's one particular yeah. translator named Whitley Stokes. And when I was first kind of researching the Morrigan, I was reading his translation of the, the Kahmai Torah. And I was kind of noticing, like, this doesn't make sense. Like, because he has a dual language edition. So I'm looking at the Irish. That's Bella, And then I'm the looking way. at this, this much longer English. And I'm like, something's not right here. Yeah. It doesn't, and, yeah, a lot of times it doesn't translate. It just doesn't. Yeah, well, and, and come to find out that some of the Victorian translators like Whitley Stokes, he just add in his own stuff. Oh, yeah. And you have no way to know if you don't know the original language that he was doing that. And some of it does change the meanings. You know, like one of the, the famous examples I give people from that story is there's a part when the Morgan is going to meet the Dagda and... Stokes' translation says, you know, the woman here was the Morrigan, a Lamia. And Lamia is sort of Lamia. a Greek term for like a, yeah, like isn't a monster. Like, isn't that like Lilith Lamia, you know, they, yeah. are, are they conflating yeah, there? Exactly. Yeah. Lamia was sort of a term in, in classical myth, in like Greek and Roman myth, for like a, a dangerous, um, evil sort of woman. Yes. Basically. And the thing is, the original Irish text does not say that. It doesn't use that word at all so if you're looking just at his translation you're like oh you know people used to believe that she was a lamia yeah people believe that she was you know this dangerous evil spirit of the night or whatever they did the same thing to lilith 
you know, when the translations, when they're coming over. Um, and then if you look at the, the portion of the Christian text when it was translated from the Hebrew, Hebrew into the Greek, thou shalt not suffer a witch, it was actually the word poisoner, but they didn't have a word for that. Yeah. And so they used witch. Yeah. And, and yeah. That, does, that does get tricky with translation sometimes, you know, because you don't have good direct equivalent. And you kind of have to make decisions. But some of the other translators, the older ones, I, I, I don't agree with what they decided. <laughs> right. Well, you think you can tell they were tainted in their opinion, too. Um, yeah. And then you can see that a lot of them, you know, might have been uncomfortable with the subject matter. I mean, we have to thank the Christian scribes for a lot of it because we wouldn't have it without them. But you can see the, the slant. You can see their leanings in their writing. Well, and, you know, I'm going to keep whining about Stoke. I really can't think of it. But, <laughs> it's okay. You know, another thing he did in the film like, oh, was he edited out this entire passage, which is an amazing passage, where Ladagno meets this Samarian princess and ends up um, we'll just say, having a tryst with her, you know, <laughs> to be mm-hmm. radio correct here. Um, and it's it's a really great passage. It's fascinating. There's a, a lot of great information about the Dagda in it, in particular. And Stokes just didn't translate it. And he has a little note in his edition of the translation that basically says, "This is not appropriate for my audience." Wow! Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Who are you? <laughs> oh my god! And, and he just talked about genitals, and he just didn't want to do that. Let's let's leave our opinions out of it and just print what it is. Yeah, you know? it does such a disservice. It's terrible. To it do really that. is terrible. But that it, happens a lot more does. than people realize. I mean, it really does. It, it really does for political um, reasons, for religious reasons. You know. Yep. For perfect Victorian reasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, my, mine sounds better. I think mine sounds better. I think I, think I shall print that. <laughs> oh, I, think I love people, but there are people everywhere. <laughs> they're always yeah. they're always fallible humans. Oh my god! You work pretty closely. You work pretty closely with John and Laura at uh, Irish Pagan School too, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been friends with John and Laura for I think about ten years now. They're doing um, such amazing stuff. It's. It's great. Yeah, it was so good to see. It was so refreshing. We are huge fans. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's so wonderful to see people from within the culture really um, getting out there and, you know, speaking up. Because that can be one of the problems is that there's all these other voices, <gasps> you know. Yes. Kind of talking over. Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, John and Laura, what they're doing is really important, I think. Oh, yeah. So I wanted to ask you a question about practice and the yep. pagan practice and what they what they count as druidic practice these days. Um, if you could eradicate one major misconception from that from modern practice within that kind of venue, what would it be? Oh, so many options. <laughs> um, you don't have to stop with one, baby. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have a couple, like, personal pet peeves in that area, but I think probably the biggest thing that I would want to address is this this idea that the druids, we don't know anything about them, they didn't write anything down, and so people will just sort of make up whatever they want and be like, well, it's fine, I can call this druidism because we don't really know anyway. Right, I know, please, Mm -hmm. yeah. 
yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it's so much more complicated than that and you know we do have a lot more information i think than people than a lot of people realize um we know more about who they were and what they did uh so we can't just be like well, i'm going to make up whatever i want and, and call it that it's fine I don't know why people can't look at the archaeology, the anthropology, and 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 take their you know their their cues from there, you know, yeah. for the most part. When you don't have writing, but they just I think it's modern squeamishness, and they don't have the stomach to look and to see it and understand. Yeah. It's a different time. I, I definitely think that's a big part of it, um, you know, and. People definitely like to ignore the things that we just discussed with all that translation stuff that they're not comfortable with. Um, I also think that a lot of people just don't know how to approach researching things. Oh, yeah. We've Googled everything to our yeah. untimely demise. We really... <laughs> what, what are what are some of your recommendations for, for people to actually do the work? Um, I mean, for learning how to research... That's a whole big topic. Why not? I think it starts with some of the stuff we've already actually been talking about here that, you know, you kind of have to, to consider, like, what was the bias of the person writing this down? Right. You know, is this someone who is in the culture they're writing about or is it someone outside of that culture? Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, and with stuff like, like Irish language stuff, for example, is this someone who speaks Irish? Or not, because um, that all can make a difference in, in what they're passing on and what they're saying. And you know, you, you do have to kind of understand that a lot of a lot of authors have a particular agenda, whether it's intentional or not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, know? absolutely. And I think there's there's I don't think you can get around bias a lot of times. Yeah. Um, yeah. You'll see it in their manner of speaking, even when, like you said, they're they're completely unaware of it. And I don't, I don't think they're aware of how much damage it actually does. Yeah, a lot of times, yeah. I, I try to be honest about the particular biases that I have. Um, like, for example, there's a whole thing with Irish mythology, Irish studies, where there's sort of two schools of thought. One is called nativism, which is where you believe that the material we have in the myths, in the stories, the oldest written material, actually does reflect Irish pagan belief. That these were monks, who, yes, who were Christian, but it was the culture they lived in, it was the culture they grew up in, and they were trying to some degree to record what was actually there. And then you have the anti-nativist, which basically says, we know nothing, we have nothing, everything that we have in writing is influenced by foreign thoughts and materials, and reflects, you know, effectively like foreign agendas. Right, you know, fifth century Ireland, like and, like we're talking about the Greeks and and their yeah. their writings and their opinion was it Pliny and yeah, Pliny the yeah. Elder, and yeah. I think um, you have to remember that the most of our history was written by the victors. We have to go back to things like talking to the actual inhabitants of the area and asking them about folk practices from their grandparents. You know, and seeing what's written down from them or what they remember, because so much of this was oral tradition. Yeah. And this that's exactly why I often encourage people. I always say start with the mythology just because I, I have a lot of love for mythology myself. But 
I also encourage people, you know, go to things like the Irish Pagan School. Go to Mythical Ireland with Anthony Murphy, um, who does amazing work, particularly with the, the different archaeological sites. Um, you know, there's a, a thing on Facebook called Circle Stories that preserves some of the more modern folklore and beliefs. There's um, Dewey Hisai, which is a website run by um, Dublin University that is um, effectively sharing material that was recorded about 100 years ago in Ireland, various folk beliefs. You know, go to those sources. Go to the sources in the culture. I'm using Ireland as an example, but pick a culture, any of them. Right. Yeah, because you, you can find it in most of them. Yeah. Um, there's a few yeah. cultures we've had some struggles with where they're still, they've got the information under lock and key and they're keeping it from the people because, well, I hate to say this and I'm not point, I'm not calling anybody out, but Catholicism in those countries is really heavy still. Mm-hmm. And they're they're handling them with a very heavy hand. But for the most part, that's not the case. You're talking about Taino. Well, I'm talking about Colombia. Um. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a lot with indigenous <laughs> cultures in the Americas where... They do not share things with outsiders precisely because a lot of times outsiders come in, take the surface stuff, and then monetize it. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah, they're not even sharing, like, the genuine beliefs, but then that's what the perception becomes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's very understandable why they... They're so reluctant to be open. It is. It is. It really is. Especially, you know, and we, we laughingly at times call it white girl magic, but there's nothing funny about it. It's still yeah. it's still appropriation, and it's still you know. I, I, I think white girl magic. I, I think, that, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying it's abusive to the culture. So <laughs> can't be serious with this guy, for God's sake. But you know, and that in all seriousness, that just leads back into a lot of what we've already been talking about, which is, you know, how do you find the good sources? How do you understand like what is just the internet? white girl magic nonsense <laughs> you know and what is the genuine because i think a lot of people are are truly seeking you know and they're they're coming from a good place in in what they're looking for they just don't know how to tell the difference oh, yeah. i know absolutely I do. absolutely i don't think anybody mm. wants to be misled no i think it just it just happens because there's heinous people out here making a buck off of it and they know exactly what they're doing so you share our frustration yeah. with the yeah. publishing industry and a lot of mm-hmm. oh. but um yeah. yeah i can't say how much we appreciate what you're doing yes thank you thank yeah. you so I mean, much i realize you know i am a published author so i am part of the problem Oh, no, no. no, you're I, part of the, I, I disagree. We think you're part of the solution. Yeah, absolutely. To the published well, authors, you. because you're doing the work. Yep. You're not just I cobbling it together for a buck. I do try. And, you know, speaking of pet thieves, one of the things that frustrates me with a lot of the books that are out there, and I'm not, you know, picking on anyone in particular, it's just a general commentary. And this has always been the case with pagan and witchcraft books, is nobody cites their sources. Right. I want that bibliography, dang it. I do. Right. Right. And yeah. even if they have bibliography in the text, they're not <laughs> like, well, I'm getting this from this source. I love that. So, you know, one thing I try to do with all of my, my nonfiction books is be very clear on where everything is coming from. And we've always you told know? people that's the best way to learn how to research at least small scale, right? Yeah. And look in the bibliography and, and go get those books that were cited and yeah. read those too. And, yeah, and yep. so on and so on. Absolutely. Like, um, the first thing I do whenever I get a book is go right to the bibliography. That's true. <laughs> yeah, 
don't even funny. look at the table of contents. I don't know where it's coming from. That's yeah. funny. Um, yeah, well, so that gives me a good idea. Like, I've, I've seen a few now that are, like, you know, very thick, heavy books with, like, seven books in their bibliography. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I and bet this like, is mostly your opinion. Where's your Pagan Portals books? Like, a good quarter of the back of the book is the bibliography. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, no, I, I love I that. Try. So I got a question. Who's your favorite author? Oh, I have so many. Um, I think some of the ones I particularly tend to look for are um, Hillman. Adahi, oh yeah. Yeah, um, he's, yeah. he's a great resource for Irish material. Um actually looking at my bookshelf while we're talking now. <laughs> Your audio is kind of going in and out a little bit, just to let you know. Oh, sorry. I'll, I'll stop moving around. <laughs> no, it's I okay. got to look at books and I mess everything up. <laughs> um, but she said Dahio yeah. Hogan, guys, and he's amazing. Yeah, he's got a YouTube channel, too. Right? Yeah, I think. Isn't he on, doesn't he have some stuff on YouTube? Or somebody putting um, him on YouTube, maybe. I, yeah, I think some of his stuff is going to put up on YouTube. Yeah, um, and then you have like a Donahue. I'm trying to remember what his first name is, but he's written a lot about more modern folk practices in Ireland. Um, so he's a great resource. <laughs> what was the um, name again? His last name is Donahue, and I'm trying to find one of his books. I cannot for the life remember his first name, <laughs> um, which is sad because I do really like his work. Oh, Ke- there we go, Kevin. Kevin, Kevin Donahue. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Um, he writes a lot about the more like the, the customs and folk beliefs, modern practices, that kind of thing. So I was following one for Welsh for a while. Um, uh, God, I'm going to butcher it. It's Welsh. <laughs> Gwillem? Oh, yes. Yeah, I thought yeah, he was, yeah, was kind of great. Yeah. Yeah, Gwillem Morris Bard. And I'm not oh, yeah. saying that correctly because my Welsh is terrible. Mine too. And I was like, I'm going to struggle with this so badly. And I probably butchered it. And I'm probably going to get hate mail. But yeah. yeah. No, but, for, for Welsh stuff, he is definitely the go-to. I felt on to him, st- you know, listening to his Taliesin um, series. Yeah. And it was amazing. I was just like, oh, my God. He brings it to life. He really does. And said, I would recommend that to anybody. He's brilliant, and he knows his stuff inside and out. Oh, yeah. Um, and and uh, Mara Starling. Mara. Oh, I love Mara. Yeah. Good day with. Mara is yeah. amazing. Um, TikTok, she's got books. There's a book on Welsh fairies actually coming oh. out soon. I am so excited because it is amazing. And you got a new one coming out soon, don't you? I do. I do. Sadly, I always have a new one coming out. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, um, that's great. We're glad to see it. What's yeah, the, I, what's I the really, new one? Uh, it's called Fairy, the Other World by Many Names. Awesome. Oh, lovely. And, yeah, I, it's, I wrote it because I felt like that's one of the areas of a lot of confusion for people. Um, you know, the other world, fairy, elf land, it's a lot of names in, in different cultures. But it's one of those things that a lot of people are interested in and want to know about and don't know where to start or where to find resources. There's so much misinformation. Yeah, too. there really is. Yeah. So I, I wanted to offer sort of a, a solid basis for people. I talk about 
the beliefs in Ireland, Scotland, Wales, um, a little bit of France unintentionally. Um, and then I, I also do talk about the Christian influence and how that has kind of reshaped our understanding of it. Oh yeah. Can you go into that a little bit? How, what's, what's, uh, what's happened there? Sure. So just, just a fairly quick example. Um, when you look at the, the oldest stories about this world, um, you know, wherever we're talking, um, again, I'm going to keep using Ireland as an example because I'm just really familiar with that. But even Wales, like any of it, the idea was that this was a world that is very similar to the human world. That, um, you know, there's violence there sometimes, but there's, again, trysting. <laughs> just going to mm. stick with that word. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> and jokingly refer to it as the three F's fighting, feasting, and christing. Yeah. <laughs> so you can <laughs> that final one. Um, but that's kind of how it was understood. It was this place where, you know, it was amazing and magical, but it could also be very dangerous. Yeah. And then when the Christian influence comes in, particularly, you know, in the later. Uh, medieval period, really. Uh, and we start to get, like, the French romances with with fairy. It, it clearly starts to take on a lot of the understanding that people had for purgatory at the time. So, it's this place that's peaceful. Um, there's not a lot of violence. It's not like heaven. It's not like hell. Oh, but goodness. it's also like not what it used to be understood as there's there's no more of the three f's going on <laughs> that's not the fun G-rated i don't want to go there yeah. <laughs> 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 have you ever had a a personal encounter with the with the uh she or Faye or the, that you'd care to share or? Um, i have uh let me try to think of a, a good one to share so um, I have what in, in Ireland and Scotland is something called the second sight. Right. Which yeah. is just a, a way of saying, like, I can perceive things that maybe other people can't sometimes. And I was in Ireland in 2016 uh, in, at Common, uh, I should say, at uh, Cruyhan, which is one of the big archaeological sites. And I had gone to Lunagat, which is the Morrigan's Cave, the Cave of Cats. But it's also also called the Shuriton, the fairy mound, fairy hill of Kurihan. And we had gone into the cave, I was with a group of people, uh, and we were sort of in the dark, kind of connecting to the energy of the place, which was an amazing experience. And I had this moment where I kind of saw... The, the back area opening up and kind of into that world, um, which was definitely enjoying some feasting. <laughs> it looked like a really good time. Like a feast hall? Yes. Yeah. Oh, and interesting. It, it's hard to put it into words. Like it loses a lot when I try to explain it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, at the time it happened, it was a very intense experience. Um, and it's... It's seeing into a place that is, it's like our world, if our world was, was amped up and everything was more, you yeah, know. Yeah, I get that. So, 
I re- and I realize saying that it does not do it justice, but no, no, we totally, totally get that. Yeah, we've had a few experiences similar. But yes, <laughs> no, nowhere as exotic as the Morgan's Cave. No, um, <laughs> one, one day maybe. One day, <sighs> we'll get there. Damn it! I swear. You're relaying like a spiritual experience or a visionary experience or anything like that. As soon as you start talking about it, it just sounds so trite. I guess. Right. No, like I get Words it. can't really do it yeah. justice. I, I, right. Yeah, I right. get that. It just, it just loses a lot when you try to explain it. Yeah, I had a similar experience, too. I mean, it was, well, a couple. But, um, yeah. right. We, we're, we're part of a tradition. Uh, it's not uh, associated with any particular pantheon, but it's more of like a familial tradition. But we do a paganing after a year and a day. And uh, on the night after that, uh, I had a weird in-between vision dream of a dining hall, but it was all stone. It's not like a longhouse or anything. It was stone tables, stone walls, and just a bunch of old people that I don't recognize, but they knew who I was. (laughs) (laughs) And that was about it. (laughs) But... um, that sounds like an amazing experience. Yeah, it was. Uh, but, it was interesting. The lady with the, lady with the behind <laughs> hairdo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that last part of like my introvert nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody looking at me. Yes. Don't look at me. You? I'm just here like, wandering around. You. you don't let them. Oh, I hate that. And that happens to me in real life on the daily. I'm like, oh my god, yeah, she what can't, is their name? She can't drive at night because no. she's. I'm sorry, People are standing full form in front of her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, so you know what it's like then. <laughs> I've almost wrecked a few times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. You be passenger princess. I'll yeah. try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you have to try to explain to the police that that's why you had the accident. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You were drunk, right? You're high. We're taking yeah. you to have you tested. We're 302 in you right now. <laughs> you need a, You need a jacket and some soft walls, lady. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Mm-mm. It's so funny that our culture is the way it is. It you is. Know, because in, in places where these things are still really alive, you could say stuff like, you know, I I was out walking and I ran into one of the she, yeah. one of the good folks, um, and this happened. And, and people, they might be skeptical, but they wouldn't outright disbelieve it. No. You know what I mean? No. No. And it's like every every third person has a story in those cultures. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. so it's kind of just this common everyday occurrence for them. Yeah. And I think here people are like, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've been we've been we've been brainwashed pretty well, you know, and kind of assimilated into this culture that isn't even yeah. a culture, honestly. It, 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 I hate to say that. That sounds awful, but we really don't have a culture here. No, I, I know what you mean. Um, yeah. And there's there's definitely, you know, everything is supposed to be rational by the wider definition. And, you know, there's not a lot of room left for anything extraordinary. Right. Anything spiritual has got to go, unless it's, you know, of one particular, you know. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> So to see us on TV in a croc, uh, what was it? uh, That that croc commercial, country croc. Yeah, yeah, was kind of like 
mind blowing. I was like, okay. <laughs> Her mom's a witch. No, she's the real witch. I'm like, oh my god, really? <laughs> Not his mom. That's now, Brian's. Now mom. we've gone full full commercial. <laughs> yeah, like, which oh is god. bad and good, but you know, interesting. You know, I, I, I still remember because we were talking earlier about charms and and magic and the craft and all that. But I still remember when charm came out as cheesy and Aaron selling as it was. <laughs> it, everyone was so excited because it was witches who were the good guys. Yeah. 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 You know, it kind of presented it as uh, a view that we hadn't had in the public. I mean, you had bewitched, but that was kind of a different thing. Yeah. You know, she, she was fighting against the trends right. in that one. Um, whereas Charmed, the witches were just the good guys. They were the ones out there protecting everyone and, you know, it was different. It was really nice to yeah. see it. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was. It's like practical magic, you know, to see yeah. that whole evolution during that during that episode. Well, the episode is the movie, but of mm-hmm. how they're perceived in the beginning to how they really are, and how they're perceived and beloved in the end was kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. When at the end, um, not the end, and I'm spoiling this because I'm sure if you haven't seen it at this point, <laughs> you know, <maybe> <laughs> at least it, twice a year. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, really, yeah, for the people listening, but um, the part where she she calls the phone tray to come help. Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> and when Jillian's was asked, but that was such a beautiful moment. It, it was. was all these people who, you know, were just normal. I don't want to say normal. <laughs> it was normal to us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> who were not related to the supernatural at all, and they they came and helped. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they were interested. That really yeah, was a poignant moment. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. And I wish this community would remember that a lot more than they do. I think that we're so indoctrinated into the infighting and it's me against you and you're either with us or you're against us. And remember, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Yep. Yeah. For each other. For each other. <laughs> it's supposed uh, to be a community. <clears throat> I suppose that at some point we can get back to that. I hope so. And it's, it's. I think it's trending that way. It's just the wheels grind slow, and you, you get, you know, you get frustrated. Just don't give up, guys. Don't give up. We're getting there. Hang in. Yeah, hang in there, baby. Remember well, the cat. <laughs> I think a lot of people come into the path too, and they they have the the easy mode books, and they get the aesthetic thing going on, and and that's as deep as they go without ever realizing that there's a lot more to it. You oh know, God! There's so much more that you're selling yourself short if you just go for the surface. Yes, the surface. The people that that are meant to go deeper, they'll they'll find their way. Yes. Yeah, I believe you're right, and it, I hate to sound that way because I'm really at, at the at the end of the day, I'd like to see everybody go that way, but I know that's never going to happen. Yeah. It's a pipe dream for me. <laughs> but yeah, that's my dream. That's my dream. We we get excited when we have you know more serious people come in the store. It's, oh, let me get you some tea. Let me get you a chair. Come on, in. <laughs> come on let's in. Sit on talk. <laughs> you know, it's like a huge thing. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, we're fortunate to have a few people local that'll that'll frequent. You know, and it's it's a it's great to see them come in. You know, and just everybody gets a free class when they start talking. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's lovely. And people crowd around as the bar. As a friend who owns a store um, in the area I live in, and I'll I'll spend a lot of time there with her, you know, a couple of days a week, and I see that same thing. Like you get those regular customers that come in that it, it becomes like a community. Yes. It does. And, and 
in its own way, you know. It yep, does. Absolutely. And I think that that's part of owning one of these stores is part of your responsibility is to give that place. You don't have to be the center of it, but you can at least provide, you know, the location where people can meet and talk and be like-minded with each other without judgment. Yeah, it, it becomes almost like a community center in a way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's really important to us. And it's, we started in a little shoebox of a store. It was basically like you were in a shipping container, yeah. 600 square feet, and it was packed to the gills. You couldn't turn around without knocking three things off a shelf. And, uh, we moved uh, a year ago last November to a 3,000 square foot space. So we actually have uh, an event space and a couple rooms and uh, hint, hint, would love to have you out yeah. <laughs> if you're ever in the area. Oh, you know, I'm, I think I'm not too far from you. Maybe like three or four hours. Yeah. 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 So, I'd be able to work something out. You know? yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> I know there's, you've got a lot of fans in the area. Oh, you do. Your and, books don't stay in the store. And, uh, yeah, we, uh, <laughs> they fly out of here. So, there's a, there's a huge population that's actually really interested in their, in the actual culture and the actual traditions and, and not wasting their time reading something that, you know, like you said, is going to be mistranslated or extra stuff put in that they thought would be, you know, romantic. It makes it sure. really, really good to hear because I worry a lot of times that my books are too dry. No, boring. no, no. <laughs> I, I have the golden bow for you if you like. Yeah, to see that was our required reading for our first coven. Yeah, <laughs> that's the, the good golden bow. Test. If you can make it through this book, then maybe we can talk. It's really good, though. I hate to say, I hate, yeah, I hate to sound disrespectful because it's really an excellent piece of work. It's chock full of old magic. Yeah, but but no, your books are fantastic. They're they're easy to read. The information is fantastic to get, and um, we cannot recommend you enough. We've been recommending you since I think we first read your first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Absolutely. Anytime. So you are doing Thank work you for that what is you're very, doing. Very, very much appreciated. And um, it's not just us. We've got a lot of folks in the area, too, that when are you getting more of Morgan's books in? Yeah, <laughs> they do. <laughs> they're excited you're going to be on the podcast. So it's like, they're like, wait, when? When is she going <laughs> to? It's awesome. I'm good to be here, too. This has been a great conversation. Likewise. It has been. I've really enjoyed it. And we're really glad you uh, you took the time to talk to us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so much to this to talk about. We could probably talk all day. Oh, <laughs> oh my absolutely. God. I could definitely talk to you all day. <laughs> oh, my God. It was like meeting a sister. That was kind of awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. But uh, if you want to hang on just a few minutes after uh, the podcast, if you have time. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. do that. All right. Thank you so much, Morgan. We really, really appreciate you uh, you taking the time out, carving it out for us today. and. Uh, hope you had fun we did we really really did and guys we're going to have a whole lot more for books in the shop you've asked you've begged you've pleaded we ordered a bunch so i think i ordered every title times three <laughs> Time of each three. title <laughs> so come down <laughs> come down and see what we're talking about if you don't know already a lot of you already do but come down and see come down and see for yourself because she's kind of incredible thank you so much for being with us today thank you so much for having me on i, I really enjoyed it it was our pleasure so we hope you enjoyed this episode of In the Weeds, and we hope you didn't have to pick too much pucker brush off your cloak after visiting with us here. If you liked the episode, please follow, subscribe, and share. And if you're really kind, 
leave a positive review. Be sure to tune in next week as we publish a new episode weekly. If you're in the area, stop by the store and see us. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day.